0: Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Leader Manager Coach Podcast. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another program. Now in today's episode, I wanted to share some information that I essentially gleaned from an interview that a lady called Pippa Grange did. Now, Pippa Grange is a lady who used to work for the England f- uh, football team. She worked for the Football Association as the head of people and team development. And um, she was involved in uh, the elite the elite game and in that position. And she did an interview with the training ground guru, um, Simon Austin's, um post talks all about it and um there was so so many real quality things in there that that Pippa talked about and was such a valuable a valuable piece of information that I just wanted to share it and I would encourage you to uh, have a look for, for Pippa's interview um it is on another another platform the training ground guru which is it does some great great stuff for people involved in the game but even if you're not involved in the game Um, football itself but you're involved in as i say all the time on this podcast if you're involved with people if you're involved with organizations if you're involved with leadership and managing people and managing situations and gunning for success and aiming for, for 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 the creation of successful teams then all of the information that we share on the podcast is is completely relevant to to your world so you know have a look at our previous episodes have a look at the information we share, and uh, fill your boots and enjoy it and share it. And um, you know it'd be 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 great to uh, hear some some people who've said, yeah, I've used it and um, it's really helped in things that are outside the sphere of football. If it's inside the sphere of football, then all the better. But um, yeah, have, have a listen. But I wanted to share some things from Pippa Granger's interview. Now, the very first thing, and this is a lesson I think for advertisers and it's a lesson for people who are trying to get people's attention because the, the one of the, the things that was so appealing to me was the um, was, was at the beginning of the article when the title talked about the soul of the team and in the interview Pippa talked about working on the soul of the team and I couldn't put it better myself I couldn't find a better way of describing part of the work of a coach part of the work of a manager in even the main part as working on the soul of a team because if you if you can 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 encapsulate what it means to create a team and, and, and however you define a team, you know, whether that be a group of people with a common goal who have similar, same values and, 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 and structures that are in place, however you, you define it, how much more beautifully could you talk about it than something, a group of people with a soul and, and, she talked about her role as working on the soul of the team. And I thought, you know, what a beautiful way to describe a job. And any of you out there who are coaches, whether you're a, a youth coach, you're in grassroots, you're in elite football, whatever sport you're in, whatever niche of of, if you're in business whatever you're in you will understand what it means to work on the soul of a team because if you've got a divisive group of people who are pulling in an opposite in opposite directions or not in the same direction you will understand what it means so when you work on the soul of a team you really are working on a unity project you're working on cooperation. You're working on synergy, you're working on empathy, you're working on love if you like, you're working on connection, you're working on relationships, you're working on two plus two equals seven, you're working on things that that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts and that those kind of things encapsulate and underline and kind of defined for me what it means to work on the soul of a team and some of the things she went on to talk about were, were really powerful now if you are the leader now you may be the leader in name and you may have your name on the door and it may say leader director manager whatever it says head um could be anything but if you are the leader irrelevant of whether you're the named leader or not and we'll come on to that bit in a minute you will be as Pippa so beautifully says the custodian of the culture now what does a custodian do a custodian kind of has a responsibility a custodian looks after something and cares for something and feels responsible for something and nurtures Uh, and I haven't got this out of a dictionary these are just what it means to me and it may mean different things to you but I hope you get the message that you are responsible and you feel responsible. So you act out things that that encapsulate the way you think, the way you feel and the way you want something to be. And there's a lot talked about these days in terms of team culture and organizational culture. And it means what something stands for, what something actually is, how it acts, how it responds, what the values are what the methodologies are what's important in that organization related to the vision related to how things are achieved relating to the relationships that exist relating to the degree of harmony or disharmony relating to the resolution of things and the forward movement and the categorization of events all the kind of things that are involved in in moving something forward it's all about culture because culture invades everything that's why people talk about it because it's such a an important thing because if if the culture is right everything will be good if the culture is wrong everything will be bad it's almost like the blood that flows through the system you know if we want to be be brutal about it if you've got infective disease processes running through a running through a physiological being that being will be in disharmony it will be fighting it will be trying to to shut things down it will be on on red alert it will be using all its energy on solving problems whereas if that happens culture if that bloodstream is clean if it's full of good things if it's full of good nutrients and it's full of healthy cells and everything is well looked after um the 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 physiological environment will be a healthy positive one and so will it be in an organization if that culture is free-flowing and clean and as the leader as the manager as the head coach Whether I say, as I say, whether you've got your name or your business card or not, then you are the custodian of that culture and you live it, you breathe it, you act it, you are responsible for it. And that's how Pippa describes leadership. And I think it's another beautiful way of looking at leadership. And some of the questions that she was asked in the interview are really pertinent. And, and one of the things was about mental health. And she talked really eloquently in a number of areas. And one of the things she talks about was switching off, whereby in elite sport, in environments whereby people have to perform at a maximum level, if they do not learn and understand how to switch on and switch off, they will reach a point called burnout. Now, most people probably in the, you know, certainly in the, um, in the environment of business or elite sport will understand what burnout is because, you know, the demands on people and the way the world is today, the 24-hour tech revolution that we live in and, and the, the, the constancy and the information overload and the overwhelm and the, and the demands of life and sport and family and finance and relationships Can often often lead to overwhelm where we push ourselves and we pull ourselves and we demand of ourselves and this overwhelm situation is such a common thing and it's particularly pertinent and particularly common for you know a type personalities who do get involved in elite sports who push themselves who expect great things of themselves and really 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 get themselves into gear and Pippa is saying if you do not learn to switch on and switch off then you will not have enough rest, not enough enough recuperation. Certainly won't have enough sleep, and your performances will deteriorate, which adds more anxiety and more stress. Your relationships will deteriorate because you're not in the right frame of mind to to you know exponentially develop them. You're just in a in an anxious, half switched on mode, and um, she talks about that in great detail. I think that's absolutely phenomenal phenomenal advice for anybody no matter whether you're in elite sport or or you're not you know that ability to turn on and turn off it's something that should be should be taught and talked about so that when people come home they learn to switch off so that they and their relationships can be in a much better state rather than being in that state whereby you're constantly in fight or flight mode which really is a is a slow killer as we all as we all know the next thing, the next learning thing that I wanted to share that 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 Pippa talked about was something called the narrative, and the the narrative is the story. It's just a word for how we often describe ourselves, how we describe our lives, and how we describe our place. And it, it's a, we've all got a self image. We all have this have this self image that that we we. Number one, we have it. Number one, it's given to us. Number one, it's earned. Number one, it, it's developed over time. And it's a result of all the things that have happened to us in our lives. And we have a story that we tell ourselves, as Pippa talks about so eloquently, that, that that backs this up. And very often this narrative can be a negative in our lives because it's a story that we've accepted. It's a story that we use to rationalize. And it's a story that often keeps us in places that we don't want to be. And just as a little aside to this, I'll I'll kind of display a little bit of vulnerability here because I was thinking about this when I was listening to Pippa talk. and, And this goes back to a conversation I had in a previous podcast with somebody where we talked about success and we talked about achievement. And how many of you can relate to this whereby you set goals, you work your backside off, to, to create success in whatever that is, whether whatever arena it is you're in. And it could be a big, a big project or a small project. Um, but particularly if it's a big project and you may well see the fruits of your labor after a year or 18 months or something along that line. And then for some strange unknown reason it destructs or it doesn't work or you you fail to knock the nail in all the way. So it doesn't actually come to the actual fruition that you really want. It doesn't sustain. And when I looked back at my own life, there were numerous, numerous examples, all in different areas of life, where I'd achieved things that I wanted to achieve, things had come to fruition, but they didn't and wouldn't and didn't seem to be able to maintain. And it was a pattern that I recognised. And it was almost like There's an image inside you, a deep-seated psychological self-image that doesn't allow you to be successful because you haven't got the self-worth. You've got the self-belief to get there, but you haven't got the self-worth that allows you to be successful, to be wealthy, to be um, esteemed, whatever it is. And there was a pattern there. And unless you address the deep seated underlying issues, no matter how many times you try, you will get there again and you will fall down and be, be and remove that success because your comfort level, your thermostat is set at a certain temperature. And unless you get your life back to that temperature, you will feel uncomfortable. So only by logically and and on an emotional scale and on a psychological scale getting your thermostat to a comfortable level where you think okay i can turn my thermostat up high because i believe i deserve it to be at that level in any aspect of life whether that's relationships or it's business or it's sport only by getting your self-image to that level will you be able to withstand anything that gets to that temperature does that make sense and That was a hard lesson and and I've spoken to many, many people who have been through the same thing where they achieve something and then it drops back down and they achieve something they drop back down and they have this pattern in in their lives where they don't maintain or sustain a level of success. And often it's due to something that's within them that they need to address, whether they just need to think it through or talk it through or um, even even you know look look at something a little bit more a little bit more dramatic whether that's you know um seeing a professional or or whatever it is but it's to do with that narrative which which Pippa talked about so so well The Leader Manager Coach podcast is available via the Leader Manager Coach app. Download it now to access the rich resource of unique, insightful, and educational material to help you on your own journey in football, sport, and life. Leader Manager Coach. For the game. For life. Available now on Google Play and Apple App Store. Next thing that really is worth sharing. And again, I'll relate this to the fantastic work that Brian Johnson does in 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 his sharing. And Pippa talked about when she was asked, okay, what is the number one, the number one psychological quality that you would say is necessary for elite sport? The question went something along that. And she said, The number one I would say is resilience. I think people were waiting for something else. And she said resilience. Now Again, she went on to explain, it's not that hard, concrete, absolutely cast iron strength that you think exists in warriors. It's something more subtle than that. And we talk about it in one of the podcasts where the title is nuances. We've got a whole podcast on nuances and um, resilience is different. Resilience is actually what Brian Johnson calls anti-fragile. So it's the opposite of fragile. So if you drop something that fragile, it will smash. If you drop something that is anti-fragile, it won't smash. It has the resilience to withstand that trauma and be in position and be in place and still be there after the trauma. So that is what anti-fragile is. If something is absolutely rock hard and rigid and concrete and sustains a trauma... It will often fracture, and it is. There's, an, there's a there's a definite difference between something that's cast iron and rock hard, and, and has it. And you can look at this in psychological terms of somebody who has an absolute nailed on belief system that won't change no matter what. And when it comes up against something, there's this almighty crash, and and, and the, there's these two forces that come together anti-fragile has that ability to bend it's like a great tree that actually withstands hundreds of years not because it's rock solid and it won't move an inch because it's absolutely rooted in the ground it will not move but it has the ability to sway and to soak up pressures and withstand forces. And that is what resilience is. That ability to get up the eighth time when you've been knocked down seven. That ability to fall over 20,000 times on the ice, as a world professional ice skating champion talked about, after 20 years of, of, of effort and study and practice at the highest level getting up again and again and again because you're trying to do what seem to be almost impossible moves that separate you from the also runs. that is what anti-fragile is and that for me is what represents what resilience is next 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 this is something else that's really wonderful it's particularly p- pertinent to elite sport you talked about elite the support networks, because without support networks, people will not succeed. You know, life is not a, a DIY job. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and uh, it was a it was not a sports podcast. It was um, it, it was about wealth building. In all honesty, and um, the guy who was uh, was talking on there, Kevin Kevin Whelan, um fantastic guy, was talking about networking and relationships and his term was it's not a diy job and that is exactly what pippa grange is saying life is not a diy job at the end of every question you have and this is one of kevin whelan's at the end of every question you have you can insert the word who w h o in english the word who because there is somebody out there who can help you and often What we need is we need the courage or we need the mental latitude to allow ourselves to reach out and ask and say, Look, I respect you. Um, This is a a win win situation and, and it's a give and take situation. But, you know, can we work together on something, whether it's an official joint venture partnership? or it's a mastermind group in official terms, or it's an unofficial one where two people who just get on, who've got the same norms and values, maybe they're completely different, but their relationship works. You know, the strengths of one is is, is the weakness of the other and, and vice versa. But these support networks need to be there because you can bet your bottom dollar, as Ryan Holiday talks about, absolutely 100% guaranteed you and everybody else is, are going to face immense challenges you're going to be challenged you're going to co- come up against things that really test your mettle which will you will need to get through get under, get over, get round withstand, sit still, wake up the next day go again and you will need support networks of some kind whether they're professional colleagues whether they're family colleagues or fa- family relationships loved ones, brothers, sisters wives, husbands all the rest of it. We all need other people and we need good people. And developing those relationships again, as Jordan Peterson talks about, they're the things that are most important and will withstand and will still be here when the glory's gone. When the applause has died down, they will still be there. When when the when the tour's over and the medals have been handed out and they've been put in the bottom drawer, that relationship will still be in existence. And and you know you can you can rely on that this as a principle because when when you meet people that you worked with in the past and and they they don't talk about the glories they don't talk about the hat tricks they don't talk about the great goals they don't talk about the victories they just talk about the good times that you had together and and that is the glue that kind of holds all this together and without it you can bet your bottom dollar that there will be a lack of success. So that was the next brilliant point from, from Pippa, support networks. And she talked about the next thing she went on to talk about, and I love this one, and I'm going to throw this one in, and she talked about all the, the stages that, that great teams go through um, because the question was, what's it like on match day? What's it like on game day as you're leading up to the to to the hour when, when kickoff comes and whether that's football or rugby or, or or a boxing match or whatever? And she talked about the different stages that people go through and the teams go through and the the communications and then the quiet time two or three hours before and then as we lead up to the actual event a few minutes before there's all the hugging and the back slapping and the physical contact. And she said, I absolutely love that. And she talked about how important that is and how it reinforces those relationships and and that hugging and that that physical contact. You know, oxytocin is is what's known as the cuddle drug and all the experiments in in human behavior and all the experiments in 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 early child development they all relate to this this oxytocin that's released from a, a you know in, in the most um, in the most sensitive kind of way between you know a baby and its mother baby and its father it doesn't doesn't matter but particularly between a newborn infant and its mother that feeling of warmth that connection that that people get and when people hug each other when people have physical contact it releases within the bloodstream that that hormone called oxytocin which makes us feel good which is why we enjoy and like physical contact um which is so important between teams and it reinforces bonds and it gives teams that cohesion and and helps to develop that soul thing that's almost the intangible when people ask about why is that team so close-knit? All this kind of stuff is so fundamental to that. And Pippa talked about it in a really eloquent way. You know, and we, we should take notice of that. And then the last thing she talked about, which is related again to, to another podcast that we talked about when we talk about the, the great book, um, Captain Class where we talked about how important and how vital captains are to successful teams. Pippa talked about understanding in a group of people, understanding in an organization where the real power lies. You know, anybody can have a title. Anybody can have a badge, a business card, a name on the door, a salary. Anybody can have that. But that does not guarantee power. Now, however you want to define power is up to you. But what I'm talking about here is influence. I'm talking about influence. And if you read the book Captain Class, I think it's by Sam Harris, you will understand exactly what I'm talking about. And Pippa uh, alluded to this when she said said it's important to know where the power is. Because in a group of people, in a group of people, particularly an elite sports team, there will be one or two individuals... If you're really lucky and you have a mega successful team, there'll be five or six, maybe just three or four, maybe five or six is too many. But if you have one, you you will do really, really well. If you don't believe me, read the book, Captain Class. And that is where the power is. And you have to know where that is because that is where people get their strength from. And it's not Always, in fact, it's very often not the official leader or the official captain or necessarily the official head coach. The power may come from somewhere else. And she talked about understanding where that power comes from and what the basis of that power is, because it's important knowledge and it's, and it's something that, that can really, really help a team. And um, just listening to um, somebody who's been really successful in the world of football, Andy Roxbury was an excellent Scotland manager who's now uh, technical director of of the uh, AFC, the Asian Football Confederation. He talked about when he was Scotland manager, how he just decided his team captain and he chose the quietest member of the group because he knew that that person had the character and that was where the real power was in the dressing room. It wasn't the noisy, forceful ones. It was the quiet, unassuming source of emanating power and that is the person he chose and that is exactly what Pippa Grange is talking about and so for me those were the major things from, from Pippa's, um, Pippa's interview and I say if you, if you really want to check it out have a look on Training Ground Guru but some great things in there so the soul of a team understanding as a leader that you are the custodian of the culture you set the tone you set the temperature you know understanding that people need to switch on and switch off they cannot be on all the time having a real deep look into a narrative and, 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 and perhaps assessing your own narrative and, and the narrative of other people and what's the narrative of the culture that you're in demonstrating and working on that anti fragility and that resilience aspect in all in all in all aspects whether that's an individual one as an individual members of the team or the team as a whole understanding why people need that that physical contact to create that those bonds within the, within the team relationships. And again, understanding where the real basis of power is in a team and actually using that to create more and more success. So there we go. I hope you get something out of that and I hope you can, um, you can perhaps take a deep dive into it and have a look at Pippa's article or just take a deep dive into one or two of those subjects. And um, maybe it will help to push your organization to the next level. As always, if you want to share anything, just let me know. It's www.robriles.co.uk or catch me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Let me know. And um, as always, enjoy and profit. All right. Catch you later. Bye-bye.